But as I look into the Word, I just, in my own life, I want to come to the place where I, I just want my life to glorify Him. And, and, and it's, it's, I believe it's, it's coming more and more real to me than ever before. Now, you know, maybe some of you got this long time ago. But, you know, I, I, you know, I would always have said, I want to, I you know, glorify God. I want to give God the glory. But more and more, I'm, I'm, I'm just coming to that realization that this is something that, that we need to really, we need to major on, not have as a side thought. And, and the Bible says, no flesh will glory in his presence. So more, the more we take our focus off ourselves and the more we put our focus onto him, the more, the, the, the more of his presence I believe we'll walk in and experience. Now, again, thank, thank God for the things that he did for us. He did do some things for us, and it's good to be thankful of those. But I'm talking about focusing on us in the sense of my talent, what I can do, what I can achieve, or, you know, or, or, or anything like that. And just coming to the place and, and, and recognizing, Lord, I, I can only do what I do because of your grace working in me. I was talking to a guy this afternoon, before I came here, I was at another event in Coventry Ministry, just invited me to pop in, and I was talking to one of the guys there, and, and he was, I had taught him many years ago in one of their, their Bible schools, and he, he was very excited because he came and he said, next week he's preaching for the first time, and he was, and, you know, he was nervous, and he's preparing, and he's getting himself, for the first time ever he's going to preach, and he was very excited to tell me, but I just said, I said to him, I said, you know, I said, one of the best lessons I can give you, one of the best instructions I can give you for preaching is depend upon yourself less and more on him. And, and, you know, I could go through all of the, you know, how to put a sermon together, how to preach a sermon. But, but at the end of the day, I said, if you're getting up in the pulpit, depending upon all of your, your preparation and your notes and what you've got to say and, and how prepared you are, if you're focused on yourself, uh, then you're just going to rely on yourself. And, 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 and that's the best you'll be able to do is how good you are. Because if you're relying on yourself, then, then you, you know, you're going to do as good or bad as you can do. So, but if you can step out of that and you can train yourself to, to come to the place where you say, Father God, yes, I'm going to prepare. Yes, I'm going to fill my, my heart with, with your word. Yes, I'm going to fill myself and prepare and get ready to preach. But at the end of the day, once I get up and preach, I'm going to depend upon you to help me. And I'm going to say, I can't do this by myself. I can't do this uh, in my own abilities. I can't do this uh, 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 through my preparation. I can do this by your grace and your ability working in me. And, and you know, Paul, Paul came to that place. Paul came to the place where he, he would talk about the grace of God that's working in me. He talked about the, the, the gift that God has given me, the, his grace working through me. And he, he said it a lot, I believe, you know, for our benefit, because it's in the word, but he was also saying it for his own benefit. He was reminding himself, I am what I am by the grace of God. I can do what I can do by the grace of God. I can, I, I'm able to minister, I'm able to preach. Uh, you know, it, it, it's not my great oratory skills that make me a great flashy preacher. I'm not saying me, I'm just talking in general. Paul said, I didn't come to you in excellency of speech or in the wisdom of man. I came to you uh, by demonstration of the spirit and of power. But right before that, he had said, no flesh will glory in God's presence. And he's showing his dependence. He's showing, I lean on him more and more and more. And um, the more I lean on him, the more he's able to do through me. How many of you have ever heard Proverbs 3, which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart? Does anyone know what, what it goes on to say next? Lean not on. What is it to lean on something? If you're leaning on something, well, I was, was going to lean on that pulpit, but it's a, it, I thought for a moment it was a wooden one when I was standing here. Okay, if you're leaning on something, you, then you're making it your support. It's what you're relying on to hold you up, yeah? So he doesn't say don't have an understanding. He says don't lean on your understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And then what does it say? 
and he shall, who shall direct your paths? He, notice the emphasis there, he shall direct your paths. But all of that, many people say, I want him to direct my paths. Lord, direct me. Well, notice in Proverbs, it's all connected. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. In other words, what if you, know, what if you, what if you are leaning on your own understanding? What if, what if you, you know, you might, well, I'm trusting the Lord, but when I'm in a situation, I lean on my own, and I, I lean on my skill and my ability to get me through. I lean on what I've learned to get me through. If that's my support and I'm leaning on that, then, then can we say, will the rest of that verse follow through? Trust in the Lord with all your hearts and lean on your own understanding in all your ways. In how many of your ways acknowledge him? What is it to acknowledge someone? Well, to me, I, you know, acknowledge is, is almost the opposite of ignore. If you acknowledge someone or you ignore someone, would you agree with me? They're kind of opposites. Okay? To acknowledge someone, you see, if, if I just walked past you and I didn't even look at any of these people over here, then I'm not acknowledging them, am I? I'm ignoring them. To acknowledge them, I would at least have to smile, nod in their direction. In other words, give them some kind of recognition, whether, whether it's just a nod in their direction, a smile, but that's an acknowledgement, isn't it? So in all your ways, do what to him? Acknowledge him. Well, that means in some way, look to him. Now, what if, if you're not acknowledging him in a particular situation? What if you're leaning on your own understanding because you think you can get your way through and you're not even look, you're not even acknowledging him, saying, Lord, I, I, I need your help in this situation. If there's no acknowledgement of him and no, and, and no leaning on him in that situation, then can you expect him to guide you in that situation? You see, he's giving you insight. He's going to say, if you want my guidance and if you want my influence and my help, then it's, then it's in your hands to lean on my help. In other words, you'll, you'll get as much of his, his help manifesting in your, in your life to the degree that you choose to lean on him. He's available, but if you don't lean on him... now. A simple illustration. Is that wall over there helping me stand up right now? Why? I'm not leaning on it. In order for that wall... Now, can that wall help me stand up? Is it possible for that wall over there to help me? If I lean on it. But the wall's not going to... Now, now, please, I'm not comparing God to a wall. Okay? And this is probably off camera. For anyone who's watching, it's probably it's just disappeared off camera. The wall's only going to help me when I lean on it, even though the wall can potentially help me. But the degree of help I get from the wall to help me up is dependent upon the degree that I lean on it. See, it's like this with the Lord. If you want to experience more of Him and His help, it's up to you whether you lean on Him more. Common sense, isn't it? If you choose not to lean on him and you choose to rely on yourself, my talent, my ability, my skill, and, and, and you're confident in your ability to help you through a situation, then God will say, fine, you don't, you don't want to lean on me, I'll let you do it. <laughs> and then we make a mess of it, and then we turn around and say, well, God, well, God why didn't you help me? Well, you were leaning on yourself in that one. See, he doesn't, auto, it's not, there's nothing that says he's automatically just going to take over and help you in everything. It's dependent upon, it's available, but it's dependent upon whether you choose to lean on him. And the more situations you choose to acknowledge him in, the more situations you choose to lean on him, the more situations you choose to, to really rely on him and saying, Lord, your strength, your grace working in me. 
I'm, gonna, I, I'm not going to rely on me. I'm going to rely on your strength and your grace. The more you do that, you know what will happen? The more of his grace and his strength and his enabling will work through your life. Here's the amazing thing. Well, the, how many of you realize this? God can do a lot more than you can do. That might come as a revelation to some people. Might not have figured that one out yet. But human beings like to, like to be very confident in what I can do. Yeah? We like to rely on, our, on ourselves, don't we? I don't, you know, we're, we get a bit proud. I don't need anyone to help me. I can do it by myself. Anyone ever heard, thought that? You don't, you don't need to help me. I can do it by myself. Well, you know, in the natural, we don't always want other people to help us. But, you know, the Bible says one of, one of the ways of translating the, the kind of the name or the reference to what the Holy Spirit is referred to, the paraclete or paracletos, is helper. Helper. You ever heard that one? He's my helper. I'll send the Holy Spirit. He'll be your helper. Well, again... He's going to help you to the degree you look to him to help you. If you stay, I can do, if, if, if in your mind and your thinking, you think, I, I'm quite capable of doing this. I don't need your help. Now, you don't always consciously acknowledge that to God. But sometimes, sometimes the way we function, we're not really giving him place to, to, to bring us the help. But if you consciously make a choice, to acknowledge him in situations and lean upon him and say, Lord, I'm not going to rely on my ability in this situation. I'm going to trust you for your grace to work for me and your help. You know what will happen? If you make a habit of doing that more and live your day-to-day -day life like that, you know what's going to happen? You're going to experience more of his help. And yes, this is, this is where you need to make a connection. In reality, he is capable of doing a lot more than I can do. Now, if I want to rely on me, I'm going to be limited in what I'm capable of doing. But if I'm going to rely on him more, people say, well, you know, I've got a mind I can study. Yeah, but you can also say, Lord, I'm studying, but I need your help. Help me to see this. I'm not going to rely on my own intellectual ability to hold this, to, to learn this information. Help me. Show me how. Help me retain that. I'm going to look to you. You know what? You know what will happen? If you do that, he'll take you to a level that you can never get to by your own ability. Isn't that good? How many of you know in the New Testament, they're, 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 we, 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 have, we sometimes refer to them as in Christ truths. Anyone ever heard of what we would call an in Christ truth? There's passages in the New Testament which talk about, you know, uh, uh, in Christ, you'll see this phrase, in him, in Christ. Um, like, for example, I can do all things, well, in, in that verse, it's through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. Okay? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, has blessed us in all, blessed us with every spiritual heavenly, I'm getting it muddled up. Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Okay? And there's, 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 there's other ones where you'll see the phrase through Christ, in Christ, by Christ. And, 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 and a lot of times, you know, we, we say to people, there, there's an amazing revelation in those truths that show us what God has done for you and made available to you in Christ. We have peace. We have access with God in Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah? And so... We, we t this is not what I was going to talk about, but it's okay. We might get to what I was going to talk about. But this is good. This is good. Even if you heard this before, it's good to re be reminded of this. Amen? But over and over in the New Testament, there are references to through Christ, in Christ, by Christ. And there's been a lot of teaching of, about those in recent years. But very often, people read the in Christ scriptures almost as if it doesn't have the in Christ part to it. They don't, they don't read, I'm blessed in Christ. They read, I'm blessed. And they leave the in Christ bit off. They don't read, I can do all things through Christ. They read, I can do all things. And you listen to them when they're making their confessions and speaking, I can do all things. I'm blessed. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. I'm like, whoa, let's take a step back. 
you lost the emphasis. And, and it's all about me now. I, 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 I. No, Paul did not say, I can do all things because I'm some kind of superhuman. Paul's, his reliance was the reason I can do all things. I can do all things not because of me, but because I'm in Christ. It's through Christ. His enabling enables me to do all things. Do you see the difference? And, and, and I think this is where we've, we've shifted emphasis a little bit at times. Because we made a lot of the things about, oh, I can do, I, can, I, I, I got peace with God. Well, praise God, I got peace with God. How about reminding yourself, it's by a new living way that I'm entering. I'm able to enter in by His blood. I've got peace with God through my Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's, the, it's the acknowledgement of the reason and the dependence again that sometimes we, we, we forget about. And, and, and actually, Paul was not running around saying, I can do all things. He was acknowledging his dependence and showing that in Christ, through Christ, there is an enabling in his life to do things that he could never do in his own strength. And by constantly acknowledging them and referencing them and referring to them, he was showing, I'm leaning on him more. Paul learned to live his life leaning totally upon the grace, the power, the enabling of God working through his life. And you know what happened? He accomplished all kinds of things, didn't he? See, God, God will enable you to accomplish far more. If we can keep in front of us on a regular basis our dependence. The, the, sometimes the enemy just wants to subtly shift a Bible truth, but change the focus a little bit, and it's all about me, what I can do. But actually, the emphasis of these verses is the innate. You, 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 know, you, know you know what Jesus said in John 15, where he talks about, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He also said, apart from me, you can do so the same Bible say, which says you can do nothing also says I can do all things. But the difference between those scriptures is the emphasis and the dependence. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But through Christ, I can do all things. The emphasis, the dependence. And actually... There is, a, there is a place of great power found in really stirring up your dependence upon God more and more. Don't, I, I, you know, no, don't, don't take for granted that you just automatically know any, any particular Bible truth because you've heard it. And don't take for granted that you're automatically doing it just because you've heard it. Sometimes you've got to say, I need to put this in front of me. I want to really grow in my dependence upon God. By, by taking this focus again, even if I've learned it in the past, and I want to learn to, to step by step become more dependent upon Him. What will happen? What will happen when as Christians we, 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 we learn to become more dependent upon Him? Well, He'll direct our steps. Yes, go back to the Scripture. But even on a, on a broader scale, I believe we'll see a manifest more through us. I believe we'll, I mean, you know, you know the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Does it say that by any chance? Some of you are like, oh, I've never heard that one before. <laughs> the Bible says, believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, let's just think about this. Apart from him, is there any healing power in my hand? What is it about believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? What is it about that hand that causes the, the sick to recover? It's because of his anointing and his presence in the hand. If, if I could lay my hand upon a sick person and the sick person just be healed... If I could do that apart from Christ, then I could have done that before I was a Christian. We could have gone in all the hospitals, just walk down, lay our hands on the head, 
and, 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 and because somehow in me there's some kind of inherent power to heal. No. The, what makes the believer's hand release healing power is not me. It's dependence upon who is in me and his power flowing through me. It's his anointing in my hand that enables the healing, the healing to take place. Again, the, I might be stating the obvious, and this is, this is simple truth tonight. But, you know, people say, well, you know, I understand how my pastor can lay hands upon a sick people and they, uh, uh, sick people, excuse the English. I understand how my pastor can lay hands upon a sick person and see them recover. But I don't, you know, I, I'm just me. I don't have much confidence. Well, you see, there's your problem. Because your dependence is upon you and your hand to make the sick person healed. What is it inside the pastor's hand that, that causes a sick person to be healed? It's the Holy Spirit inside of him. Well, the same Holy Spirit's inside of you. A lot of the time, we don't have the confidence in what God has put inside of us. And therefore, we think it's not going to work because of me. But that your dependence is upon you. But if you can learn more and more to cultivate a life of dependence. This is what I've been talking about. Lord, it's your power in my hand that heals the sick. And I'm going to rely on you. I'm not the healer. And we know that. But it's amazing how many times we think it's not going to work because of us. But I thought you just told me you're not the healer. Lord, I believe you're in me. Therefore, I'm going to depend upon you to do it. You, you do it, Lord. I'll lay hands upon the sick, and I'll just trust you to do it, to flow through me and your power to do it. I remember one minister, one minister heard him tell this story. He said, he said you know, he, he, he was involved, he was quite young in ministry, but he was, you know, he had kind of seen how other ministers did certain things, praying prayer lines and different things. And so he kind of followed the format other people were doing. And, um, you know, they, they would bring people up and pray for a few people. And um, yeah, he saw a few things happen. He saw God touch a few people and different things. Um, but, but, but he was kind of orchestrating it and trying to do it his way and copying other people. And one day as he was about to pray, pray for people, the Holy Spirit just said to him, why don't you just get out of the way and let me do it? And he thought to himself, well, what do you mean, Lord? <laughs> get out of the way. He says, you're trying to manufacture it yourself with how they stand, how they line up, and you're trying to make it all happen. He said, why don't you just take, step out of the side and just let me do it for once? And, and, and he said, he, he learned, he, he, he saw what the Spirit of God was saying. He said, God, I'm not going to just try and manufacture this. I said, Fine, you do it, Lord. He said, they had an amazing service. The Spirit of God just began to move and manifest. Move and manifest. Why? He just got out of the way and said, God, you do it. I'm going to depend upon you. You know, I was, uh, when, I was, when I was a teenager, I might have told you this story before, I don't know. Like I say, I forget, I forget about where I've told certain stories. And this is not the message I had, I had prepared for tonight, but, it, but it's, if, it's, if it's in the heart, then it, it's the spirit of, I believe the Spirit of God just wants to stir this up. Sometimes simple truths are powerful truths. But you see, we do need to be reminded to stir up our dependence. I remember years ago, I was, um, when I was a teenager, I used to uh, run the student union at my school down in Bournemouth. Um, when we came, I came from South Africa when I was 12 years old. And um, I think when I was around, I don't know, 15, 14, 15, something like that, I kind of st was, started getting involved in leading the student union at my school. And I mean, we had God do some amazing things. We were... Um, I mean, yeah, I could stand for ages just telling stories about what, the, what, what, what we did. And, you know, we, we caused a bit of a ruffle, but we got some persecution. They tried to shut us down, all kinds of different things like that. It happens. But I remember one of the things that God, God, God had put on my heart was to pray for people to, to receive the Holy Spirit, receive a touch from the Holy Spirit. And um, I, I remember one time uh, this, this, this guy was a very young Christian, and he, 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 he said... He said, you know, I've heard you've been praying for people and, and they've been, you know, getting touched by the Holy Spirit. He said, I'd like that. 
he didn't really know much about doctrine or anything. He really didn't know much about what the word taught on the subject at all. He said, I'd, I'd like the Holy Spirit in my life and I'd like to be touched like that. So I said to him, I said, that's fine. Why, why, don't you, why don't you just meet me after school? And we'll meet in one of the rooms and I'll pray for you. I didn't think too much about it. I just said, let, I'll, let, I'll just pray for you. Let's go for it. Now, I've been in physics lessons and maths lessons and chemistry lessons. I think by this time I was doing my A-levels, physics, chemistry, and maths. And, and, and I, was, I was doing, you know, I'd been in lessons all day. I hadn't been spending time praying. I, was, I wasn't very spiritual, I mean, in the sense, because I've been in lessons, yeah? I wasn't feeling greatly in the glory cloud. So I finished class. We're running the school, running around the school bag, dodging students. And I'm like, oh, man, I told them I'll meet at this time. So I'm rushing from one school, one side of the school to the other. I get to the room. I'm going to meet him. And he's waiting there already. And so I, I, I took him. It's a small little room. It's quite a long, long room, but kind of narrow like this. And so I, I stood here. And I, he stood here in front of me. And, and I thought to myself, I've really not been. I, I need to get prayed up. This is what I thought. I need to, I need to get prayed up. <laughs> So I said to him, I said, you know, I'll tell you what, we've, we've been in school lessons all day. I'll tell you what we're going to do is, is, is let's just, we'll just spend a bit of time focusing on God, worshiping, just so we can kind of get our eyes off school and onto God. And then I will pray for you. Now that sounded really spiritual because it's good to get our attention on God. But, but so I'm standing here, he's, I'm standing here, he's literally right in front of me. And, and I thought, I can't, this, my mind was thinking, I'm not ready to lay hands upon him because I, I've been in physics, chemistry, and maths classes all day. But you see, I learned afterwards, my dependence was on me. God was about to teach me something. So we closed our eyes, I, literally, <laughs> no lie. I closed my eyes, I put my hand up, I said, and, and as I didn't even get glory to God out, and Opened my eyes. The guy's lying, lying flat on his back. The Holy Spirit just touched his life. I touched it. I had nothing. Literally nothing. And, and he's never seen or experienced this. God's just moving in his life. He's getting touched by God. And, and God's, the glory of God just descended upon him. I walked away from that. I thought, but God, I didn't get myself all prepared. The Spirit of God said, yeah, you've got to learn to get out the way sometimes and just let me do it. And he taught me there. I can just do it. If you just let yourself be a vessel, if you, let just, if you just make yourself available, seek me to give me glory, and then just depend upon me, you look at what I can do. Someone says, I'm not a very great, I'm not a very great preacher. Well, you know, Mo Moses tried that one on God. Well, he's gone, oh, I'm not a very eloquent speaker. God said, Moses, I'll be with you. Moses fortunately learned the lesson and he thought, oh, okay, if you'll be with me, that's all I need. But he began to realize it's not about whether I can do it, how good a preacher I am, what my skills and my talents are. God, God, God will take, sometimes God will tell you to use some skills and talents, but you see, it's amazing how often, you know, it's popular in churches these days, it's popular in churches these days to, um, to kind of look at your natural skills to determine your gifts and what God has called you to do. Has anyone ever seen those things? They say, well, because you're a very loving person, clearly you'll be good in hospitality. So, you know, because that's your, uh, that's your skill set. Actually, I've learned very often with God, it's the other way around. Very often... He'll use you in an area where you don't have the skill set so that you have to depend upon him. We've, we, we, we're training people to depend upon their own natural giftings to accomplish the calling and to do what God's told them to do. And we try to identify their calling based upon their natural talents. That's not how it works. Many times in the, in the Bible, God said, do something. The person looked at God and said, I can't do that. God said, yeah, let me do it through you. You know, if, 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 you, if you were going to rely on the natural skill sets of Jesus' disciples and the apostles, let's say they're disciples on the, and, and the apostles, surely Matthew should have been the treasurer. Because Matthew was the tax collector. He, he, he knew how to deal with money. Why didn't Jesus make him the treasurer? If it was all about your natural abilities, why didn't 
God make Paul the apostle to the Jews? Because he knew the Old Testament, the scriptures. He knew Jewish theology in and out. He could run circles around the Jews and argue them into the kingdom of God all by his own self. He didn't even need God to do it. He could have said, God, you can set aside for this one. You've called me apostle to the the Jews. I can do this one without you, Lord. Bye. Let's argue the Jews into the kingdom of God because I know my scriptures. God said, tell you what, we'll take the guy who knows the Old Testament what, what for them was the scriptures, just for us, the Old Testament. We'll take the guy who's thorough in the scriptures, the Jewish scriptures, and we'll send him to the Gentiles. Now, we need someone for the Jews. I tell you what, we'll find a fisherman who's got no theological training whatsoever called Peter, and we'll send him to be the apostle to the Jews. And does, does God sound confused? Or is it that God wants people who are not going to rely on their own abilities and going to say, God, you put me in a situation where I can't do this myself. You know how often I've prayed that prayer? I've said, God, I am the wrong person for this job because I do not know how to do this. And then suddenly I realize, actually, maybe, maybe that's why I'm the, I am the right person for the job because the only way I can do it is to depend upon him. I remember when I was, years ago, when I was at Bible school, God used to just tell me to get involved in different areas of ministry. You know, through the years, to some degree, I've been literally involved in every area of church life. And and, and not because I was called to do things, but but sometimes because God wanted me to get some training. I've done sound this. I mean, I didn't play guitar for years until recently I picked it back up again. But, I mean, I've done setting the chairs up. I've been involved in missions and pastoring churches, associate pastoring churches, and pioneering churches. And I'm not saying that to boast of myself, but God has got me involved in a lot of different areas through the years. And, and one of the areas, when I was at Bible school, and, and you know, you've got to understand me. You've got to understand something about me. I, I grew up with all boy cousins and kind of siblings and stuff. No girls, okay? I was also the youngest. So I was used to being around older cousins. Now, you had to go like second cousins. You had to go a generation, you know, it kind of sets away to find younger than me. But I'm talking direct cousins and siblings. I was the youngest and they were all males. So I did not grow up around babies and I did not grow up around people younger than me. So I, I found by the time I was a late teenager, I was very uncomfortable around people younger than me. I couldn't relate to people younger than me. Very uncomfortable. And, and I used to, even when I first moved to England from South Africa when I was 12, I spent the first two years in the older, I didn't even hang, hang around the, in my school, the ones my own age. I, would, I, I, had a, I had a family member at the school. I'd go to his classroom. Three years older than me, every lunch break. And I really couldn't handle being around younger people than me. So I get to Bible school, and, and, and I think, you know, God, I'd like to volunteer in some areas in the church. What should I do? Looking back, maybe I shouldn't have asked God. Maybe I should have just done it. Because you know what he did to me? He said, go volunteer in the children's church. I said, excuse me, God? I said, God, you do realize I can't relate to them. I said, i got no skill set with children. I said, go get involved in the children's church. See, and I, I fought him for it. I learned this. There's no point fighting God for it over something. He says, go do it. Just go do it. Okay? But so, so I said to him, okay, finally I came to the point. I said, which age? Which, which age should I go and help with, Lord? And I didn't get an answer. So I thought to myself, well, maybe he's leaving at least a little bit for me to pick. So I thought, I don't like babies. This, is, this will show you how ignorant I was of children. I really didn't know much about kids. I thought to myself, I don't like babies. They're too young. I don't want to be changing nappies and stuff. And I said, I can't handle the five, six, and seven-year-olds running around. They're too noisy. So I know I'll pick somewhere in the middle. I'll pick the two-year-olds because that can't be that harmful. That's what I thought. It's got to be the easy group. Yeah, you're laughing. I'm like, God, you set me up by letting me pick my own group. I picked the worst group. Now, this was a big church. This is a massive church. 
So they had every children's age had their own set of classrooms. We used to get between 40 and 62-year-olds every Sunday morning. I, I, I freaked out. I'm like, God, I can't do this. I had to come to the place every single week. I would go in there and say, God, you're going to have to help me do this because I cannot do this. Yeah, you're laughing. But you know what? I learned a lesson of dependence. And, I, and God helped me. He had me involved in that for a no, good nine months of my second year of Bible school. I came out of Bible school and, and I said, okay, Lord, I, I remember I was about to graduate Bible school. I remember we had a service and I remember kneeling on my, face, on, 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 uh, on my chair before God. The Spirit of God was moving. I was about to graduate Bible school and I said, Lord, I will do anything you want me to do. I said, I don't care. I don't care if you've called me to preach. I really don't care what I'm going to do. I said, I will do anything. If I've got to spend the rest of my life cleaning the church toilets, I will do it. I just want to do what you want me to do. Came to that place of complete consecration in my life. And I said, nothing. I don't care what it is. I just want to do. And you know what he led me to do? Become a youth pastor. Yeah, again, I'm working with them younger than me now. And I'm like, no, God, you got something muddled up here. I said, I can't do this. And the Spirit of God said, yeah, exactly. Now you can learn to depend upon me. The first couple of years of my, of my of ministry, not only that, but the Spirit of God, I graduated Bible school. I had no, uh, there was an offer to be a youth helper, but there was, it was not a paid role, nothing. And, and I was coming back from America, coming back to the UK, and in my mind, I think I'm going to get a job and I'm going to, you know, like, and I don't have a problem against getting people jobs. But the Spirit of God spoke to me, said, when you get back to the UK, I want you to go full-time in ministry right away. I thought, but God, I've got no money. He said, no, you trust me. You go full-time. Full-time and go and work with youth. <laughs> you talk about having to depend upon God. I had to learn some lesson. I had to say, okay, God, I'm in a position where I can't make this happen. I've got a good testimony. We're talking 26 years later. I'm still here. So somehow God got me through. Amen. There's been amazing testimonies about the things that he's done. But I, when, I, when, I, when I started the youth work at the church there, again, I said to the Lord, I can't do this. I can't do this. Now, many people would not do it. Because they would say, God, but it's not according to my natural skill set. And this is where they miss God. Because they're depending upon what they can do. And sometimes the Spirit of God's trying to get some people involved in some things. And he, he, there's areas he wants to use people in. But they won't do it because they, they, they think in myself I can't do that. They don't realize that's a good place to be. Because you've got to depend upon him. So I spent two years as a youth minister. I knew I was not called to youth ministry. I knew that I knew as a teenager what God called me to do. But I knew I wasn't called to do it. Now, some, again, some people say, well, I'm not going to do it because I'm not called to do it. It didn't matter. What mattered is I must do it because the Lord told me to do it. He wanted me to gain experience. He wanted me to learn some lessons. And one of the big lessons he wanted me to learn was dependence. Trusting him, leaning on him. Lord, you do it. And so, I, so I, I came to the place, I said, okay, I'll, I'll take up the youth work, I'll do it. And I remember I used to, I used to say, God, I mean, I was, I was, by that time, I was, I was only 20 years old myself, 20, 21. And, the, you know, we had, it was the youth, so between 13 and like 18-year-olds. I, I struggled every single week. Because I thought to myself, I don't have a woo, youthy personality. I'm a very, you think I'm, people think I'm loud now. But they don't realize I was a very shy, conservative person. You know, I didn't, I didn't listen to the, the youthy music. You know, if you're going to be a youth pastor, you've got to be hip like the youth, apparently. I was, didn't fit the role one bit. I didn't dress like a young boy. I didn't think, I, I, didn't, I didn't listen to their music. I didn't even know the names of all their favorite bands. But God told me to do it. And I said, well, how do I do this, God? And he said, just function where your anointing is. And I was like, well, my anointing is to teach. I'm a teacher. I know, you've, I know that one. So what, must we have a youthy service? He said, no, just do what I've called you to do in your calling. Function as a teacher. Teach them. Teach them the word. 
Say, okay, God, I can do that by trusting in the anointing in me to teach. You know what? We, we, we used to have teenagers, a Friday night. They'd come and they'd sit under the word for an hour. Not 10 minute lessons. I teach them for an hour because that's what I like doing. <laughs> teach them the word for an hour. And then we'd do some worship. And I thought to my, I, I, I walked down there, I thought they're never coming back next week. You can't get young people to sit under and sit and sit and listen to a Bible study for an hour. You know what? They came back next week and they bought their Bibles. And we taught them again. They pitched up again the next week too. Eventually I realized we got we got like a whole bunch of 13-year-olds all here arriving every week on a Friday, and they sit there, they don't budge an eyelid for an hour. Why? Because I'm functioning in and depending upon the anointing in my life. God moved. What am I trying to say? What am I trying... What's the word I've been emphasizing? Dependence. 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 What are you leaning on? What are you depending upon? Do you know there's a, there's a passage in Scripture? I think it was King Asa. King Asa. Um, when he first became king, in the early years of his reign, he depended upon the Lord. And he was faced with a challenge in the kingdom. And the enemy attacked, and he depended upon God. And God got him through. But what happened is, I'm pretty sure this was Asa, A-S-A, he, 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 his kingdom flourished and prospered and things got, went well for him and he got lazy spiritually. And, this, and, and many years later, another group attacked his kingdom. And this time, he didn't depend upon the Lord. He thought, I can deal with this one because we've got lots of money. We can pay them off. And he didn't look to the Lord. He didn't depend upon the Lord like he had in his earlier part of his life. And you know, as a result of not depending upon the Lord, you know what happened? He started a process where he ended up losing his life and losing the kingdom. I think it was within a year or something like that. I can't remember the, the exactly date and stuff like that. But what was the problem? What, what, what was the problem? It wasn't depending upon the Lord. How, how, many think, how many of you think it's a good thing to learn greater dependence? It's hot weather makes you dry, man. You're teaching. Can, can we all come to a place of depending upon the Lord more in our lives? Can we all come to the place where, where we begin to really look to the resources and the strength on the inside? <coughs> now remember what I said. If you depend upon him more, What's going to happen? He's going to manifest through you more. But you know, in order, to, in order to depend upon him, you've also, and this goes with, remember I told you a moment ago, how I said, uh, you know, God said work with the children's church. I said, okay, I'll work with the children's church. In order to depend upon him, you've also got to have some obedience. Because sometimes he'll lead you into situations that you have to depend upon him to, to get through. I was, I was about to go back onto my message, and I thought, I'm not finished with this. I was going to go back and preach the message I need to, but we're not finished with this bit. It's simple tonight, but it's, this is really important because, because I, I believe the Spirit of God wants, wants to bring individuals to a place of greater dependence upon him because he wants to move in our lives on a greater level. But sometimes people are resisting that dependence because they, 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 they want to lean upon their own ability to do everything. And then they, never, they don't experience the fullness of God manifesting. Do you know that some, sometimes, sometimes God will lead you to do things where you've got to depend upon him to do it. And this is why sometimes people don't obey what the Spirit of God says because they look at their own abilities, their own resources, and they look at what God says and they think, well, God, no, we can't do that. I'm not ready for that yet because I'm not in a position to do it. I'm not ready for it. I, can't, I don't have the resources. So obviously I must have either missed God or it's not God's timing yet. So when I am able to do it, 
then I will conclude that's God's timing for me to do it and I'll do it. Do you see the problem with that? A lot of Christians are in that position. They're waiting to reach a point where they're able to do it in, in their own strength and ability and resources. Well, then you can do it without depending upon him. After, the children, after, after God brought the children of Israel out of um, Egypt, how many of you realize when they went through the wilderness, when, when they were going through, you, you remember the Old Testament passage that God brought them out of Egypt, they go through the wilderness heading toward the promised land, yeah? So they come out of Egypt, God's just delivered them from Pharaoh and from the Egyptians, and, and, and where... Where's the first place they, they ended up? Does anyone know? First place after coming out of Egypt. Everyone's thinking, was it the desert of this or was it that? No. It's very simple. We all know it's called the Red Sea. First obstacle they came to. Would you call that a bit of an obstacle? And not only, not only did they, they suddenly have the Red Sea in front of them, I think on one side they had mountains as well. And then they looked behind them. What, what, what did they suddenly see coming behind them? Pharaoh suddenly decided, hey, I shouldn't have never have let them go. I'm going to go get them back. So the, Pharaoh's running behind them. They've got a Red Sea in front of them. <laughs> and you know what? Moses cries out to the Lord, Lord, what are we going to do? You know what God said to Moses? Go forward. I'm like, excuse me, God, go forward. Don't you know, Lord, have you not checked your map? Do you not realize there's a sea in front of me, Lord? And you're telling me, go forward. How do I go forward, Lord? You know, they didn't know that at that time. <laughs> they didn't know what was going to happen. God just said, go forward, do it. Now, here's the interesting thing. Add, add to that this truth. How did they even end up at the Red Sea in the first place? When they came out of Egypt, were they just wandering and aimlessly and randomly in their own direction? How, every, everywhere they went, they were following the cloud. Remember through the wilderness, they were led by the cloud. Pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. And the Bible says they went where that cloud told them to go. How did they end up at the Red Sea? God led them there. I'd look at God and say, God, excuse me, you led me into a trap. Now, see, some people in the religious thinking, oh, the Lord led them there so that half of them could be killed by Pharaoh so they could learn humility. No, no, no. See, sometimes people think just because God leads you into a situation where it's a challenge, they think God wants you to suffer through that challenge. No, sometimes leads you into that situation so you can trust him, put your dependence upon him, say, Lord, you, you got me here. I'm going to lean upon you to get me through. God led them to the Red Sea and then at the Red Sea gave them the instruction, go forward. Do you realize how impossible that is? Now, it's easy for us with hindsight to look back and say, oh, yeah, God was going to split the Red Sea. They didn't know that. All they know is they're now in a situation with a sea in front of them, Pharaoh behind them, and a God saying, move forward. And they're like, you're right, God. Hello? Yes, I knocked the power button, that's why. <laughs> so, what if they'd said, well, Lord, we're, we're not going to move or do anything. We're not going to go forward. We're, not gonna, we're literally going to do nothing until you get us out of this situation. No, they, had, they had to begin to, to, Moses had to stretch out his, his rod and do what God said. Why did, why did God let them end up in a situation like that and end up 
in a desperate situation, in a situation they could not get themselves out of, so that they would learn to depend upon him to get them out. God actually wanted them to learn that lesson. It's one of the lessons they had to learn in the wilderness they were supposed to learn. Do you realize that the wilderness served a purpose in their life? The wilderness, according to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1, 2, and 3, the purpose of the wilderness basically was for them to learn total dependence upon God. And God wanted them to learn dependence in the wilderness so that when they got to the promised land, he was ready to take them into victories over those giants and take them into the land. But because they couldn't learn the lessons of total dependence upon God in the wilderness, when they looked, they, they got to a situation where they saw giants, they, they, by that stage, they were supposed to say, Lord, you can do it. But they, they wouldn't, they, no matter what they went, no matter what God brought them through, they just could never learn dependence, could they? Did God get them through the Red Sea? Did he get them out of that situation he led them into? Did he show them, when you depend upon me, I can get you out? See, sometimes people say, well, I can't be God leading me because, you know, it's just an impossible situation. If it was God leading me, it would all just flow right and everything would happen. That's not scriptural. Do you know that God led Paul to go preach some places where he got stoned? (laughs) It wasn't all just easy flowing. What about Abraham? Anyone ever heard of Abraham? God comes to Abraham and says to Abraham, Genesis 12, God says to Abraham, you know, I'll bless you, I'll bless those who bless you. But then he also, he also said to him, get out from your father's house and go to a land that I'm going to show you. Now, God didn't say go to a land that I have already shown you. In other words, Abraham didn't know where the land was when God first gave him the instruction. God just said Go. So he had to head out, not knowing where he was going to go. According to Hebrews 11, he, went, he followed God, stepped out, not knowing all the details. He went out toward the land, not knowing where he was going. But that was Genesis chapter 1, 2, 3. Genesis, Genesis sorry, chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3, God gave him the instruction. Verse 4, he obeyed. It said, and Abraham took his family and they went. He's quick to obey God, Yeah. Now, I think it's, you got to, that's verse 4. So verse 5, 6, or 7, somewhere by around, by verse 8 anyway. So somewhere in the next four verses, it, it says he got to the land. And when he got to the land, God said, this is the land. So in other words, God said, now you've arrived. You've got to the land. In fact, we're, we're, we'll end on this, but I think if you've got your Bibles, look at this. I want you to see this. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Dependence upon God. Are there times God will lead you into a situation where you've got to depend upon him to get out of the situation? Most certainly are. But you see, many, many people buckle. And they think, well, I'm, either, either I miss God or something, because obviously it's tough here. And so they immediately leave the situation God lead, led them into. And they don't depend upon him to get through it. Look what happens to Abraham. So Genesis Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 is where God gives him the instruction. Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to the land I will show you. Does everyone see that? God gives him an instruction. Verse 4 says, so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken him and Lot went with him. So Abraham obeys God. He goes, yeah? Acts on the instruction. And then... um, Verse, by verse 5, the end of verse 5 says, so they came to the land of Canaan. So he arrives in Canaan. Verse 7 says, then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to your descendants, I'll give, notice this, this land. Do you see that? In other words, God's saying, you're in it. This is the land now. This is the land I told you about. Abraham's by this time, I think he's traveled, I think it's something like five or 600 miles. It's quite a long distance without a car or anything, but it took, you know, with his family and camels. So he's in the land. He's, he is now exactly where God has told him to be, is he not? Now, that's verse 7. Now go to verse, go to verse 10. Now there was a famine 
in the land. Which land? The same land God's led him to, told him to be in, and said, this is the land. Was the land all fine and dandy and wonderful? Now, he gets there, there's a famine in the land. And what does Abraham do? Packs his bag and leaves the land. Did God tell him to leave the land? No. Who came to the conclusion, I'm going to leave the land? He packed, he he said, well, (laughs) thanks for the instruction. You tell me this is the land, but this ain't a good land. There's got famine in the land. I'm out of here. Packs his bag, goes to Egypt, goes somewhere else. Did God know when he led him there, there was a famine there? What was he supposed to do? Stay there and trust God. Can God get you through a famine? If, you, if you're listening to God, if you're where God told you to be, God can get you through a famine. But instead, he packs up, goes to Egypt, and almost loses his wife in Egypt. That's not God's fault. He's not where God told him to be. The mercy of God got him through his own mess. But you'll find out years later, we don't have to turn to Genesis 26, Isaac is in exactly the same situation. Isaac, there's another famine in the land. And God, but this time Isaac listens to God. Why? He's grown up hearing daddy's stories about how he didn't listen to God and he left the land when he shouldn't have done. I'm pretty sure Abraham told him stories as he was growing up. Don't parents do that? taught him. This time, Isaac listens. What happens when he listens? What if, it says there's another famine in the land. He's in the land his descendants are supposed to be in, where God's told them to be, and there's famine going on there. Does that mean they missed it and weren't supposed to be in the land? No. It means they're supposed to trust God through that thing. Will God get you through if you trust him? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. With all your eyes, acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. He'll get you through as well. Just because there's a famine doesn't mean they could conclude, I must have missed God. They were exactly where they were supposed to be. Abraham didn't depend upon God. I, I mean, don't blame the guy. He didn't have a scripture to learn from like you've got. He's learning step by step. God gave him some leeway. He made some mistakes along the way. And eventually he learned and learned how to walk properly in faith. So he had, he had a bit of a learning curve. But Isaac knew better. And Isaac learned from his dad. And it says Isaac stayed in the land. What happened? In the land where there was a famine and he sowed and God blessed him. The Bible says he reaped a hundredfold. It was a blessing on his life. Is God able to take care of his people when there's a famine in the land? Is God able to take care of his people when there's, dra- when there's problems in the land? When there's lack? If we learn to depend upon him. What if we don't learn to depend upon him? What if we keep le- leaning on our ability to get us through? This is an important lesson for the body of Christ to learn right now. Because you know what? In the world, we're seeing things getting harder and worse. And I've said this before. I can miss it. But I personally don't think it's going to get a lot better. I think we're in the days right before the return of Jesus. I believe Jesus is coming back. We've known all along the Bible's told us about difficult days coming before Jesus returns. So don't panic when the difficult days arrive. And whether these are the final ones or not, you know, that's up to different people to decide and eventually we'll find out. If I was wrong, I was wrong. But, you know, we can chat about it when we eventually get to heaven. Okay? <laughs> but I, I'm not there. I personally believe we're, in, we're leading into some days when the return of Jesus. The Bible's always told us there's going to be tough days. Now, yeah, I'll throw this one out there. You know, Christians panic. How many of you know the, the mark of the beast? I don't want to go into all of this. Is this the mark or the, is that? And people panic the six, six, the mark of the beast. They, they say, oh, you know, the Bible says you're not going to be able to buy or sell if you don't have the mark of the beast. How are we going to survive? We're going to depend upon God. That's how we're going to survive. 
we're going to, the body of Christ who are around at that time are going to have learned how to trust God to provide for them. Why do you think God's trying to train us to learn how to, how to trust him? Because he knows this challenging God time's coming on the earth. Same God who gave his people manna, same God who multiplied fishes and fed 5,000, same God who made a tax coin appear in a fish's mouth for, 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 for I was going to say Adam and Eve, for Peter and Jesus. Same God who turned water into wine is my God. Can he still do those things? He can do that, and he can do many other things. But if we, oh, you know, times are hard. I've got to depend upon myself and get more and more. I've got to burn myself into the ground and get 14 jobs, each working 40 hours a week. And depend upon me to get through. I'm, I'm not saying don't work, but, but you burn yourself into the ground depending upon yourself, and you can still not pay your bills. We can start to learn, yes, I'm going to do what I need to do, but you know what? I'm also going to learn to trust God as my provider. I'm going to depend upon you as my source. I'm going to trust that you can get me through this. God's training his people dependence right now so that when things do get harder in the world, there's light in the, in the kingdom of God, even when there's darkness in the world. This is why this is quite an important message. See, I've built it up to where we need to really realize this is important. Learning to depend God, even uh, depend on God, even in the little things. Trust in him day to day. Learn to be able to say, Father God, it's not my ability, it's your ability. I'm going to lean upon you. And God says, do something. And you look at it and think, I can't do that. I don't have the ability. All you need to know is if God said to do it, then you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to trust your ability to work through me. I'm going to trust you to help me do it. God leads you, leads you into a situation and you think, oh, there's a famine in the land. I must have missed God. Say, no, hold on a second. I know God led me here. I did hear God. Okay, Lord, you, I'm going to trust you through the famine. Oh, God led me into a situation. Oh, there's a Red Sea in front of me, an army behind me. I must have missed God. No, you're in a situation where you've got to learn dependence upon God and trust Him. So you can trust God in the little things, trust God in the big things. Depend upon Him in the little things, depend upon Him in the big things. God wants to raise up a people who know how to depend upon their God. And when you do, he, he, you, what, you look what the Lord can do. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Father, we just want to worship you. Lord, we want to praise you in this place. Father God, we want to give you the glory. Lord, I, I pray. I pray that you help people to, to get a hold of these truths and help people to, to understand the power of depending upon you. This, this is not just a, a minor insignificant lesson. That, 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 it, that, you know, it's optional for us to, as to whether we learn it or not. This is vital. This is important. This is really important that we learn to trust in and lean upon the Lord each day and, and trust and really depend upon Him. Help me, Lord, to get through this. Help me. You, Lord, you give me the wisdom. You, you show me what to do. Lord, you help me in this situation. Lord, I'm going to look to you in this situation. Even do it in the little things because then you'll be ready and prepared for the big things. And when the big things come, then you'll be able to depend upon the Lord and you'll be able to move through those, those situations. And, the, and, and even if necessary, miraculous power will manifest and get you through that. But if you can learn the lesson of dependence, you watch what the Lord can do through your life. Hallelujah. Father, we give you the glory. And I thank you, Lord, that you help us with this. And I thank you, Lord God, that, that uh, as we do learn this lesson, we will see you move and manifest more in our lives. And I pray that you'll take these truths that I've taught today and just really stir it up and make it revelation into the heart of each person here, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just before, just before we close, obviously I don't know everyone here. I'm not going to have a prayer line or anything like that, but I just, I just want to pray for people. If, we're just going to pray a general prayer. But if, if the, specifically physical healing, you don't have to come up or anything. I just, just want to pray. If there's anybody here that you, you need physical healing, some of you, maybe, you know, you've been believing God or whatever, but I, I just want, we're going to stand with you. Is that all right? We're just going to stand by you and agree with you. And we're going to, we're going to thank God for, for touching your body. So just, you don't have to put your hand up. You don't have to do anything. Each of you know um, if, there's, if, if there's physical healing you need in your body. But I'm going to pray. And I, I want, if, if, you, if you don't need physical healing, then just connect up with me. Agree with me right now. And we're just going to pray for people in here who, who need healing. Is that all right with all of you?
Hallelujah. And some of you, if you are believing God, you might want to put your hand on your body just to lay hands upon yourself, or you don't have to. But, but I believe in a God who, who manifests healing power. So, Father God, Father God, I just pray for people here. Lord, I pray for people who are facing sicknesses and illnesses and conditions in their body or problems with organs. Father God, I pray for, 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 for any, any situations, Lord God, whether it's problems in, in the nervous system, the digestive system, problems, problems in the muscles, the joints, problems in organs. Lord God, we look to you, and I ask right now for healing power to manifest in people's body. We look to you as the healer. We depend upon you. We lean upon you. You are the healer. I can't do it. Nobody else can do it, yeah, but you can. Your healing power can do it. And I pray right now for, for the manifestation of, of miraculous healings in people's body, even, even conditions just disappearing out of their bodies. We believe you for that. We stand in agreement for it. And we thank you, Father God, for, for, for the release of healing and transformation and, and bodies being strengthened up right now in the name of Jesus.